Good morning. All right. Very happy to be here today. Very happy to see all of you. Today we're going to be wrapping up the sermon series on Kingdom Momentum and what that looks like. So previously we've been talking about creating momentum within ourselves, right? That's where we started, by living Jesus' teachings. So stepping out in small steps of faith in order to build that faith within us, that we would start practicing what we're reading in the Bible, that we would start living it out. And then we had to remember that God is sovereign. He has called us to be light, that it's him that transforms us and calls us to move. And then we went to building momentum, which was leading people to God, and how we had to realize that, that his mission was bigger than self, that it was bigger than us, and that we needed to meet people where they were at because people want to belong before they become. And that as we meet people where they're at, that we're not just preaching at them and that we're not just talking at them, but that we're loving them into a relationship, into a discipleship. So today we're going to take all of that and we're going to wrap that into expanding the kingdom, which is loving our community. So as we start to build up our faith, as we start to build on all this, and excuse me, I want to read the word first. I apologize. <laughs> so today's verses come from John 14, or excuse me, John 13, verses 34 and 35. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. Let us pray. Lord God Almighty, I thank you for this day. I thank you for your love, Lord God. I thank you for your love upon everyone here that we would share in your love. God, I pray that hearts are clear, that minds are open, and ears are open to receive your word, and that we would be changed and transformed today and inspired, Lord, to walk more devoted with you in a more authentic love with you, Lord God, and to seek what your will is to love in our communities. And it's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. Okay, so as I was saying, as we start applying these things to our life, right? So we start reading the word and letting it transform us. And we start walking it out and growing in our faith. And then gathering people into this relationship. As we start building groups. As we start attending church and doing all these things. We have to remember why we're doing this, Right? So I know in my own walk, as I started to, to step out, as I started to go, my trajectory was going like straight up, right? Like I was praying, I was reading, I was meeting with small groups, with house churches, with this church, and I was just, I was just living for God. But at some point, that trajectory changed, and it started to flatten out. And it was gradual, right? Rockets start shooting up, shooting up, shooting up, and then kind of tapers off, until eventually... I started to plateau. It's kind of like when I used to work out, right? So I used to go to the gym and I used to work out, but I was working out to look good, right? So my motive was, how good can I look for beach season? How good can I look for myself so that, so that I feel better about how I look? I wasn't doing it for health reasons. I wasn't doing it to, to be a healthier person that was more mobile and more active, but I was doing it for self. I was doing it so that others would like me, so that I would like myself, so that I would be better for me. And so what we have to understand is, is just like working out, so you're in it to win it, right? At first, you're like, I'm going to do all these things, I'm pumping iron, I'm doing all these things, I'm looking good, I'm looking good, but eventually you start to plateau, no matter how hard you work at that. 
no matter how hard you push, no matter how hard you try, eventually you stop seeing results. And then it becomes routine. Same thing sometimes with our walk, right? I'm doing all the things. I'm praying, I'm reading, I'm gathering, I'm praying, I'm reading, I'm gathering. I'm doing all these things. But then life kind of creeps up, right? Sometimes something gets hard. Work gets in the way. Family starts getting, you know, more, more work than it was. Something happens where, where we're starting to fit God in again instead of actually live for God. And when we start to do that, we start to, like I said, it's a routine. We start getting into a routine where it's just the same old, same old. And eventually, just like working out, we take a break. I'll just take a little time off. I'll get my life back in order, and then I'll jump back into it. But we never do, right? We start to see like, oh, well, you know, I'm, I'm still praying, just not as much. I'm still reading, but not as much. And this happened in my life. Like I said, I was on this trajectory. I was going, I was going, and then... And then Work hours got longer. Family time got less. And then there were struggles at home that I felt like I needed to devote more time to. So I had less time for God because I needed to fix the thing that God had given me because God calls us to take care of our families, right? So we start to put him a little bit to the wayside and we start to press into those things. And like I was going to work. I was still listening to bridge radio. I was still listening to pastors. I was still getting fed. I was still praying for the two hours on the way to work. But then it would stop. And I would get to work. And instead of praying when situations came up, I'd try to work in my own power. And what we have to understand is our actions reflect what we're devoted to. What we're devoted to, what we're really pressing in on, what is on our hearts and on our minds is how we're going to act. So yeah, I was still praying. I was still reading I was still gathering and surrounding myself with Christian groups. I was still going to church. I was still doing these things. But at work, I was doing work where there were situations around me that needed attention. Sure, I was, I was talking to the contractors. I had made a relationship with them, and I was trying to live it out there. But something changed when I started looking around, when I started looking past myself and the little group I was supposed to be paying attention to. Everywhere that I was being sent, the, the community, the town, the city, wherever it was, kept getting worse and worse and worse. It started out with just drugs on the streets. At a certain time of day, everyone was getting a contact high because it was there. And then I went to Kingston, and I heard stories of cars chasing each other through the construction site, shooting at each other. I witnessed sex trafficking, prostitution. I witnessed drug deals. And I got to Poughkeepsie, where I was witnessing stabbings. I was, I was hearing something happen and having someone sprint between me and the contractor and was actually a stabber and I didn't know it. I was pushing the contractor out of the way so that guy who was holding a knife didn't bump into him or me, not knowing what he was holding on to until I hear the guy screaming in the parking lot that he's been stabbed. Witnessing a woman on drugs, losing her mind, helpless, and, and I'm just watching. And I started to notice that that there was something bigger going on, that there was something else that was grieving me, that, that, I was, that I was doing what I had to do, but I wasn't devoted to God and his work for my life. And if we look at Acts 2.42, I want to dig into this a little more. As you get into Acts, wrong page. I swear I had this marked out. <laughs> 
It says, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing them and the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. So as I started seeing my situation and where I was and how I was still doing these things, but I was still missing the big picture around me, I started, I started questioning my own devotion. Sure, I was checking the boxes off. But was I really devoted to this life that I had claimed that I was? I had been preaching at church. I had been, been organizing small groups and doing these things, but, but was I really seeing the big picture? And I started to notice that I was being indifferent in situations. For sure, I was, I was focused on the group of guys I was working with, or I was focused on my family and what I needed to do, but I was missing all the other things, all the issues, all the darkness, all the things that were around me. And if you notice what it says here, it says, and they were devoted to. They didn't just fit it in. They weren't just practicing it and doing it when they could. They were devoted to the apostles' teaching, which is the word of God. It's this. Then it was all oratory. It was what they had learned from Jesus. But it was this. They were devoted to this study. They were devoted to prayer. They were devoted to gathering and fellowship and to breaking bread with each other. And they were devoted to the things of God because they were devoted to God. And what had happened? Awe came upon every one of them. Signs and wonders were being performed. They were giving up of self to sell possessions to give to those in need. They're even going places they technically probably shouldn't have been going, like the temple. At this point, when they became a Christ follower... The Jewish people who were running the temple, the, the Jews themselves thought that they had turned their because they were following a different God. So they were going to the temple and still living this out, still walking out their faith, even though they knew they probably shouldn't have been there because they were committed and they were devoted to it. They were devoted to these things and what had happened was there was a change in them where they weren't just working on knowing that it was bigger than self, but they were actually living it. And what had happened? They had favor with all people, and their numbers grew day by day. It says in John 13, 34, it says, A new commandment I give you, that you love each other, that you love each other as I have loved you. And it says, By this all people will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. If you have love for one another. So the question is, is, are we devoted to ourselves or are we devoted to others as God calls us to be? Are we devoted to his love? And it's this, this idea, this concept, and it's not that hard, but it's, it's simplicity and authenticity, right? Genuine love. And now that I've said that, I'm done because I didn't trip up over that. It came out clear. It came out beautiful. Have a good day. You could just hang on to that one. <sighs> no, seriously. So it's, it's genuine love. It's, it's real love. It's not this fake thing that you're doing in order to, to fulfill your own needs and desires. And that's what I had felt myself growing into my walk. Like I was doing these things in order to look good, to look the part, to claim to be a Christian instead of actually loving others 
with the love that God has shown me. So what are your motives? Because if it's not love, then the rest of it doesn't matter. In 1 Corinthians 13, 1 through 3, it says, If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith as to remove mountains, but I have not love, I have nothing. If I give away all that I have, and if I deliver up my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. If I'm praying, if I'm reading the Bible, if I'm, if I'm moving mountains through faith, if I'm even sacrificing my life, this is to be burned. What they mean is a martyr. If you give yourself up for this but aren't doing it in love, then you've missed the mark. Because your motive isn't loving others. Your motive is what? Self. Or a number of other things. And that's the thing. This, this should touch you deep. It should under, you should understand that this is, this is bigger than just me again right? That just by doing these things isn't pleasing to God. Because God is love. He wants that relationship to be in love. To be fully motivated by love, not convenience or ease. So as I started to wrestle with this myself and started to see what was going on, I started asking God for his heart. I I became uncontented with how I was living. It wasn't, it wasn't fulfilling. Yes, I was doing all the things. Yes, I was working on my family. But there were still areas that I was ignoring. So I started praying to God. I said, God, give me your heart. Show me what breaks your heart. That I may, that I may learn what breaks your heart. That I may know what true love is. That I may know who you are. Remember in Matthew 7, it says, he says, depart from me for I never knew you. As we grow in this relationship, we should be seeking to know who God is, not how he can just help me. An authentic relationship where we are loved and loving from that. And I started to understand that if it burdens me, then I need to be a blessing in it. So I want you to hear that again. If it burdens you, God has called you to be a blessing in it. A lot of times, we can see the problems of the world, right? We can see the darkness. We can see the evils. We can see injustices. We can see all these things. But we're quick to just say, that someone else's problem. Someone else will handle it. I'm only one person. I don't have the resources. I don't have the money. I don't have the time. Someone else can do it. Someone else should do it. God, why do you let this happen? But if God has placed something on your heart, some evil, some injustice, some issue, some, some wrong, if he's placed it on your heart, if it's something that you've lived through, if it's something that hits close to home, something that he's saved you in, something that he has strengthened you in, something he has given you peace in, it's grieving you. Because he wants you to be the solution. Maybe it's something that you just feel should be better. Maybe it's, maybe it's encouraging something in your neighborhood. Maybe it's 
Maybe it's somebody you see day by day, but there's others like them, and it's, and it's actually an issue. It's actually a pandemic. Something that you notice that is consistent throughout your neighborhood. Maybe, maybe it's something, like I said, that affected you personally. Maybe it's alcoholism. Maybe it's abuse. Maybe who knows what it is. What, what is grieving you? Because God has called you to be the answer. He's given you peace in that storm. You have a testimony about it. Something you have a passion for. Not everyone has that same passion. Not everyone's going to understand that passion because it was given for you. In 1 John 13, 17 through 18... It says, by this we know love, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. But if anyone has the world's good and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? Little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and in truth. That burden is your burden for a reason. And we can come up with a million excuses as to why we shouldn't move in that, right? Again, I don't have time. It's too big of a problem. There's too many people with that problem, and I'm just one person. But the beautiful part about this whole journey through momentum is that you start by taking baby steps of faith, right? And as you see God deliver on those promises, it should encourage you to take bigger steps of faith. And as you gather people into the church, as you gather and forge relationships, now you have more people to work with. So you're not on your own. And so there are more resources, even if it's people. There are more things that we can add to this. But we freeze, right? We freeze at the starting line. Why? Because we don't like to fail? Because we don't want to look bad? Because it's too hard. But how many of you know this because you've lived this, these hard things, but anything that's hard is good, right? It doesn't seem like it in the moment but everything that is hard is good because you come out a better person. Or even if something was taken from you, the thing that you obtain after that is better, whether it's peace, whether it's a home, whether it's, whether it's family, maybe it's a relationship, whatever it is, that thing that was hard builds you into a better person. God uses that for good. So when it's hard, we can't give up. We've got to lean in. I want to take you on a little journey in Matthew. I want to present to you this book, Butterfly in the Sky. I'm sorry. I, I did that earlier today. I was watching Reading Rainbow. I wanted to see what the intro was like so I could sing it to you guys. And I'm like, eh, maybe, maybe it's not going to hit. <laughs> but just know in my head, you guys were all busting up. <laughs> so in Matthew 14, 13 through 18, if I can find the page. I'm there. Okay, so now when Jesus heard this, he withdrew from there in a boat to a desolate place by himself. What he had just heard was that the apostle, or the apostle, that um, John the Baptist had been murdered. Okay, so he just received this news. And I was going to a desolate place to pray and to be by himself. But when the crowds heard it, they followed him on foot from the towns. And when he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion on them, and he healed their sick. And when it was evening, the disciples came to him and said, This is a desolate place, 
and the day is now over. Send the crowds away to go to the villages and buy food for themselves. But Jesus said, they need not go away. You give them something to eat. And they said to him, we only have five loaves here and two fish. And he said, bring them here to me. So Jesus is going to get away. And all these people show up. And instead of dismissing them immediately and going to do his own thing, he stops and he heals them and he has compassion on them. He had something else he wanted to do. He had his own little grief that he was going to go do, but it said he put that aside to go help these thousands of people. And then after he's done all this work, his disciples come up to him and say, hey Jesus, there's nothing around here. We only have two and a half filet of fish sandwiches and that's not enough for us. So can you send them into town so they can get their own food? And Jesus says, No. You notice the problem. You feed them. And the first thing they do, these apostles who have been walking with him, seeing him heal people, seeing him do all these things, living with him, practicing all the things that he taught. Sound familiar? They start making excuses as to why it can't be done. There's too many people. There's not enough fish sandwiches. There's not enough of us to feed them all. Send them away. Let them go fend for themselves. And Jesus says, if you've forgotten who I am, bring them here to me. See, we do this ourselves as Christians, right? Where we look at a problem and and we've been doing all our things and we think that we're doing good and we kind of see that and become indifferent because we can't do it. I can't do it on my own. I don't have the money. I don't have the clothes to give that person who needs clothes. I don't don't have the time. I have got to be somewhere. I can't sit and pray with this person. Yes, you can. And he's calling you to. He's giving you that grief in order to do it. He's called us to be the solution. See, the disciples weren't dumb. They knew they only had enough flesh filet sandwiches. But they also forgot who God was. And what we need to remember is that everything we have, plus everything God is, is always more than we can imagine. And it's more than enough. But where do we start? How do we bring these problems to Jesus? Well, it starts by that initial grief, that initial burden, right? You pray on it. Lord, you've put this on my heart. I don't know how to do anything with this. I don't know what to do. I don't know where to start. How do I start? How How do I move forward in this? Lord, I'm all by myself. What do I do? You start praying on it. You start talking within your community about these burdens and see who's minded. We collected these people, right? We go to church with these people. We're supposed to love everybody together. And it's easier to do together. Jesus sent them out two by two. Not alone. Gather people. Gather resources. And then when it's all said and done, you bring it back to him. How do we bring something to the feet of Jesus? It's the same answer. If I had Jesus in front of me and I needed to put something at his feet, I'd have to lower myself. And I have to give it to him. But look, back to prayer. You give him those resources. You give him that burden. You say, Lord, please help us to find ways 
into this situation. Please open doors for us. Let us meet people who can help. Show us the peacemaker. Show us the gatekeeper. Show us what we need. Take what we have, Lord, and make it enough. And I guarantee you, he will deliver on that. He will open doors in the community or wherever in your neighborhood, wherever you need to be, of people who also have this burden and don't know where to start. And then your resources would grow. The heart would grow. Your influence will grow. And the best part is it doesn't have to be Christians. This is expanding the kingdom, right? Everybody has burdens. Love comes from God. So even if somebody doesn't believe in God, that love comes from God. That burden they have in their heart that they want to do something about, invite them into your mission and watch them work with God unknowingly. And as they're working with you, and as you're walking out your faith in this, and they start to ask questions, who knows what happens? You build a relationship with that person. And not only are you helping the person that, ha- that the burden started from, or the, or the issue that the burden started from, but now you're helping people who don't know God start to learn about God, and we start expanding the kingdom organically. Why? Because we had a burden. We came at it with authentic love. We were devoted to God and His answer for it. And we gave it to him to do his work. It's not our power. It's not me. That's going to change the world. It's him through me because I am obedient to him. Because I want the world as he loved me. But it's his love. It takes all the pressure off. All we have to do is start being observant to the things outside of us. To count the cost. To pick up our cross. To put ourselves away and follow him. It all goes back to him. It all goes back to him and his love flowing through us. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you for all of us, Lord. Thank you that we get to be your hands and feet. Thank you that you show us love every day even when we get it wrong. That, Lord, that I pray that you would fill all of us with your love, with your compassion, with focus, Lord, on you, that we may be able to see outside of ourselves and into the world around us, that we may start pushing back on the darkness, Lord, with the greatest power, your love. That, Lord, truly faith, hope, and love remain, but the greatest of these is love. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. is the VPS crew and they have learned a couple of songs from this past week and they have learned a couple of songs this past week that they would love to share with you all right take it away guys